This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good! It's good! Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up here. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast NBA Edition. Today's podcast, all the lines are brought to you by BetMGM, the official odds provider for the Action Network Podcast. While I've got you here, make sure that you download the Action Network app where you can find all of our crack analysis, track your bets, get the up to the second lines, get up to the second stats. It is the must-have app for any sports better. Joining me as always, Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson from the Action Network. We are going to get you through updates on the NBA playoffs first round series, where we think the value is, where we think the value is on the games. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, East Coast time, around noon Mountain Time, where I'm at. Let's go ahead and get cracking on this, guys, because there's a lot to get to. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks at the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks storm back from down significant double digits versus the Atlanta Hawks to even the series 1-1. Obi Toppin did things, which is a nice change of pace. Got a big win in the garden. The fans got to see them win. I am very happy, Brandon, because I have this series going over five and a half games. But more importantly, what I really need is I need one more Knicks win, and I can bet the Hawks in this series at a really good price. What are your thoughts on this series heading forward? My thoughts are that I am glad that Knicks fans showed up and that Tibbs finally left Alfred Payton on the bench at halftime, finally played the guys that everybody else in the whole world knows are the best players because we were staring at just like a complete wash on the Eastern first round right up until about halfway through the third quarter yesterday. I was already starting to think that we were just going to like sweep through all four of these series. The Hawks looked like they were just in command. They won both of the first two quarters yesterday, RIP to the Knicks first half uh, that that we've all been profiting from all year long. Didn't come through yesterday. The Hawks were just just taking control of things. And I don't feel like New York has a great answer to Trey Young in this, but they did find one yesterday, and his name was Nate McMillan because Trey Young was lighting things up. And then Nate was like, well, this seems like it's kind of boring. Let's just have Trey watch for a while and see if our, our bench guys can do it. And they could not because the Knicks bench guys are their real players. And so suddenly the Hawks bench players come in and the Knicks ripped off something like, like a 30 to eight run or something. And uh, McMillan said after the game that they're topped out at their 35 minute limit. Uh, we got coach Bud over here. This is the playoffs. Like Atlanta had New York on the ropes they had the chance to put Trey Young out there a couple minutes early, get him a little teensy bit more tired, and maybe just deliver the knockout blow 2-0 on the road. I like your chances, Matt, of this series going six because it's really hard to see at this point either one of these teams winning three games in a row to close this out in five. And that's all that we need not to happen. Anything over five and a half just means we need neither team to win the next three games in a row. And it sure looks like we're heading that direction at this point. 
So I will say this, like, look, in game one, Lou Williams was terrific for them off the bench. Like they, they, they had a really, no, like, don't, 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 like, no, that's what happened. Like they have a good bench. Like, here's the thing. I'll tell you this. Hawks are winning this series. I'm just waiting for the best price. The Hawks are a better team and they're going to win this series. They are absolutely going to win this series. Um, One of the things that I noted, and I talked about this yesterday when I did like a breakdown, you can find my updated series stuff at actionnetwork.com. And on the Action Network app, one of the things I noticed was like the numbers with Bogdanovich and Collins on the floor are berserk. Like they are killing them in those Mm -hmm. minutes. And I don't expect that to change at all. Um, My only annoyance is that like the Hawks are still minus 140, Raheem. Like we're at minus 140 on the Hawks. I get that they stole home court advantage. I'm just, I need this closer back to pick them because now that I've seen it, I feel very confident the Hawks are going to win this series. Brandon doesn't think that either team is going to be able to run away with it. I'm a little worried the Hawks are going to take two and all my value is going to be gone. Like I want another chance about the Hawks. I just need the Knicks to win one more. And I think I'll get a much better price on it, but I'm not sure if I'm going to get one. I think the Hawks are decidedly better. Like I'm very glad the Knicks won because it increases my chances of getting to bet the Hawks at a better price. I think the, the Hawks are decidedly better. Like I actually took the Hawks first quarter yesterday just because, I mean, we know that, you know, they're starting Efre Payton and this, this starting lineup is destroying the Knicks starting lineup. And the only thing they're keeping the Knicks alive is their bench. So they are decidedly better. But last, I mean, yesterday was, it was a little bit troubling for me. Um, I think you got to close out that game. I mean, there's no reason for Trey Young to only play 35 minutes. They had their open shots at the end of the day. Um, Bogdanovich is not going to go two for 13 from three every day. Gallinari, he couldn't make anything. He was two for nine from three, two for 10 from the field. Lou Williams really struggled. So I don't expect that to happen again, but it's just, you know, when I look at these last two games, it feels like the Hawks dominated both and they both came down to the last, to the last second. You know, last few, I mean, game one came down to a final shot and then game two came to the last five minutes of the game. And I, I just think the one thing we can't can't forget is that this is a young team. You know, all these guys are young and Nate McMillan hasn't had a lot of playoff success. He's only won one playoff series in his last nine series. So I do think you can wait because I do. I, I can't see the Hawks running away with, with it, even though they're the better team. So. I think this is going seven. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I actually took the Hawks first quarter in full game yesterday, and I was really disappointed that they didn't close that one out. I thought it was a perfect spot because, you know, everybody's betting the Knicks. So you're going to have your opportunities. Like the whole world was on the Knicks in game two. And if the Knicks pull off another one, the whole world's going to be on them again. So I think you, I think you'll get your opportunity. Yeah, so I, I like the Knicks um, for the full game because I, I've been in first half and full game yesterday because, like, look, you just, you're not going to go down. The only way you're going down 0-2 is if the other team is decidedly better or shoots the absolute lights out like a certain team we'll get to later. Um, the Knicks are not, like, it took that really random run. Our colleague Joe Delera, a Knicks fan, is like, but they're shooting. Like they've been one of the best shooting teams in the league. Like that should get back to that. That should progress back to where it was. I'm like, oh no, that's true. I don't really trust your shooters all that much. Like as much as as you as you want to be like, but the Hawks blew this opportunity. I I think it was a terrible spot. Like once you get that split, like it is very rare that you find a team that absolutely is going to mm-hmm. like buckled like unless it's just a total mismatch and this isn't a total mismatch 
And so like, I expect I'm going to be on the Hawks in game three. I'm already on the mm-hmm. Hawks in game three and mm-hmm. I'll be on the Knicks in game four. And then we'll go from there. I may have, I may have to bet Hawks in game four as a hedge against how many ways I have five and a half over, but in general, um, the series does look like it's going to go long. I think I'll say this, like the whole, like, like Trey young only played 35 minutes. Like, I don't think, look, Nikola Jokic plays like 45 a night. Nikola can play 45 a night. His endurance is actually incredible. Like, he is able to play that many minutes. You can't, I don't think you can run Trey out there for 42. Like, you got to build in some time for the other guys. I don't think it's a good idea. Maybe 38, sure. Maybe he pulled, maybe he didn't bring him in a, a little early. But look, when Obi Toppin is leading this big Knicks run, it's just not your night. And I, I think that to me is the is is where that one winds up. I'm I'm okay with. I think Nate's a questionable coach. It's another reason I like the series to go long, but I'm not going to bag on him for that. Um, let's keep it moving. The Phoenix Suns at the L.A. Lakers. So Suns Lakers game three is tonight as we record this. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are six and a half point favorites currently at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. That's down. I had seen it at seven. I think I saw seven and a half at somewhere at some point in this game. Money line, Suns plus 230, Lakers minus 275. Raheem, I- I'm of the opinion that the series, I, I still think the series is going to go long. I think the Phoenix Suns are fine. I think if Chris Paul injury is such that he's going to have to have surgery then fine if that if they're hiding that and i have no way to know that like you can't know as much as it's like but look how he looked the the stuff with stingers is yeah 48 hours after it might if you have a really bad one it might still look bad but then 48 hours after that it's going to look a lot better i wouldn't be surprised if he looked a lot better tonight if he looks bad again then sure um i expect the lakers to win this game they're gonna win this game it's the first playoff game in front of staples with lebron think about that Mm. this is the first playoff game with lebron in front of a staples crowd they're gonna win this game but i like the suns to stay alive in this series i think the suns take take game four i think the series goes long uh but i've got no reason to think the lakers aren't gonna win it yeah i think the lakers are gonna win this series I, i just think this is just another season where chris paul has just had miserable injury luck and you know, you saw it in game one, how bad he looked. And, you know, when I when he played in game two, I, I assumed that, you know, he would look a little bit better, but he actually looked worse. And I, I just think it's troubling. Um, I do think the Suns are going to remain competitive, but I don't think you can I don't think you can depend on campaign to have another game like he had the other night. I mean, he he was an absolute monster, and I actually thought that he was going to still help help them steal it. And then, you know, he just couldn't score down the stretch. But they don't have a lot of depth on this team. I mean, if they're missing one of their playmakers and Chris Paul, they, they can really key in on, on Booker. What? And- wait, 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 Campaign, Cam Johnson, Dario Saric. Like, they have good depth on this team. At the playmaking position, it's just Payne you're looking at – Payne has been awesome. What are you talking Payne, about? Payne, is, Payne has been awesome, but, I mean, can you really depend on him yes. to play the same – he was massive in game two. He was He was, but I'm, I'm not dependent on him to have another game like that. He's been like that all year. Like he, I mean, I'm not. If he's going to LA, I, I mean, I, I need to see it. Okay. And I love campaign. And, and I, need, problem, I need to see. Know, the problem is is putting depending on what Chris Paul looks like. If he's really that minimized, and now campaign is the starter essentially. Like now, like it's 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 the bump up problem, and now you got campaign. Like 
I trust campaign off the bench and his bench role exactly. he's awesome at that this year, but it's, it's, if he has to be more than that, like he was in game two, I don't know. You can do that for three, four, five more games. I, he has been awesome the entire season. He deserves the six man of the year award more than Joe Ingles, Brandon Anderson. <laughs> and so like, RIP. and then also like, I like Javon Carter can come in and fill in those, those scrap minutes. If, if Payne's got to go 35 to 40, Carter can come in and fill in that gap. Like, I don't, I don't worry about that at all. Payne. We're talking Payne. about Javon Carter now. That's, that's where we're going. Who is, who are we worried about in the Lakers? Who, who's the, the great depth on the Lakers at point guard? <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, the Lakers are going to beat you up inside. That's, that's what they do. Then what does it matter if campaign is playing or not? If it's, if the problem is inside. I just, I just can't see him going on the road and putting okay. the, all right. the way he did. All right. Well, I got, I got faith in campaign campaign has been good all year. He's, he's been, and honestly, he was great the second half mm-hmm. of last year too. Like this is not like, mm-hmm. and this is pretty normal. Like a lot of it is you're, you're basing this off of like the prior bias against his early career point mm-hmm. guards more than anybody. It takes time That's more true. than any other position. It takes time mm-hmm. to learn how to play in the NBA campaign mm-hmm. made big shots in game two. Like he, he, he was not phased by going, going up against LeBron and company. So the Lakers are trying, I don't know. This is weird too. Like the Lakers are trying, are it's like, Oh, they're so dominant inside. They're so dominant inside. Anthony Davis shot 21 free throws in game two. Like, let's be real clear about how they won this game. Anthony Davis wasn't dunking on everybody. Anthony Davis was flailing and picking up free throws, which is fine. He gets a guy, a great whistle. That's why he falls down all the time. But like, I don't think the Suns are as bodied in this matchup as everyone kind of makes it out to be. By the way, if you want to read more about why Andre Drummond keeps playing next mm-hmm. to Anthony Davis, uh, I have a piece up on Action Network comments from league sources, execs, et cetera. Um, Raheem, you are the under in game three tonight, yes? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, without Chris Paul, I mean, a healthy Chris Paul, I mean, this team's not really scoring, you know, they the way they, I mean, previously have. And, I mean – I think the one thing that nobody's really talking about is LeBron is not the same LeBron. I mean, he's struggling to get to the basket. I mean, he he managed to hit that fadeaway, which pretty much iced the game the other day. But, you know, I, I can't really trust this Lakers offense. And then the Lakers defense is still solid. So I think, you know, they made an adjustment after the last game. But I I like the under. I think 212, 211 where it, where it is now. I think it's a little bit too high. I think I make it around 208, to be honest. Brandon, do you think that the Lakers are going to get in? Like, are you going the other way? Do you think it's going to want to be in like four one Lakers? I, I do actually. That that would be right now. That would be my pick. I would take Lakers in five. I I really am worried about Chris Paul. Um, he he just doesn't look right, and it doesn't it it doesn't look to me like something that's going to go away in the next week. Um, not that we have any idea what to trust hey. of this, but. Hey, real quick, where did you go to med school? Is that a... Well, that's what I was going to say. So <laughs> the, the med school doctors who I follow on Twitter, who tweet about injuries, NBA, NFL, and whatever, said that the shoulder tape that he's wearing looks a lot more like a subluxation, than a, which is a slight separation than a stinger. And if it is a slight separation that he's playing through, which like it looks bad, it didn't look like a stinger. Is like stinger is pain. And we know Chris Paul is going to play through pain. We know he's going to try, but he was barely even out there in the second half. So it's not my med school degree. It's theirs that I'm, that I'm trusting at least a little bit here. I, Chris Paul is the best player on this team. And Chris Paul 
playoff, Chris Paul is really, really good. And that was the reason to potentially believe in the Suns was that we know how good he gets in the playoffs when he's healthy. And if you take that away, like I, I love campaign. He's been really good, but I don't want campaign starter. And I don't want Javon Carter taking campaigns minutes. That's a huge downgrade to me. So uh, to me, the, the Lakers are worrying The the fact that everything has happened, like the way that the Suns are playing and it's Chris Paul struggling the way he is right now, the Lakers should win this in five, even with LeBron where he's at right now. The fact that like, so game two, they got 39 points from Schroeder and Drummond. That's not going to keep on happening every time. Drummond was actually like really good. They used his one time for the playoffs, I guess, in that one. Um, and I, the Lakers defense showed up big. They had a ton of offensive rebounding. They forced a lot of turnovers and got easy buckets. That game was still tied with like a few yep. minutes left. And so from that point of view, like t- to me, my takeaway from that is not, okay, I think the Suns still have this. If Chris Paul isn't Chris Paul, I don't think the Suns can still do this. The takeaway to me is I, I just am increasingly worried that unless something changes, that I don't know that this Lakers team is what it's supposed to be. Uh, Anthony Davis is back at the free throw line again. Anthony Davis is back on the floor because somebody sneezed in Australia, so he <laughs> fell down again. Like, as, as, this is not last year's team. I, I just don't think it ever has been last year's team. That to me is is the real story. I I don't and know as, that the Suns are going to do it though. As we are recording this, Chris Paul went through shoot around. Mikhail Bridges says Paul participated in shoot around Thursday and appears to be quote feeling better heading into Game Three. Well, here's hoping. You always say about the narrative, and you always talk about everything works toward the Lakers' favor. Yep. Here they are. They need the play in. Yep. They needed a nice soft month to get LeBron and Anthony Davis back into shape, back into health again. And what do we get? Chris Paul is hurt. So the Suns are a wounded, a wounded first round victim. Second round, Jamal Murray's out. Or we got the Blazers and their complete lack of defense. Now the Clippers are look like they're staggering. The one team that we were supposed to get them because they had to duck it and get in the other side of the playoffs. Everything's coming up Lakers, just like it always does. Hey, look, I think they're going to win the series. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm just saying, I don't think that I don't think it's going to be a 4 1 series. I'll go ahead and say that right now. Oh, I got to ask. So, I mean, if you don't think it's going to be a 4 1 series, you think the Suns get game four or they get game five? Yeah, I think they get game four. I think they get okay. game four and Lakers close it in six back in LA. Yeah, I okay. can see that. One more heroic Suns win, but I, I don't know if I don't know if it can go the distance on this. On MGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network, Lakers four two is plus one seventy five right now. So still not great great value on it. Again, gotta wait until the Suns win another one. Maybe even after the Lakers, if the Lakers win Game three, that might be the spot. Uh, let's go to the other series that just finished up in LA. The LA Clippers at the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers down o two. Raheem Palmer, owner of many Clippers futures positions, Clippers advocate over the last half of the year. I'll just open the floor to give your thoughts on the Los Angeles Clippers right now. Okay, I'm I'm totally disgusted with this team. I mean, (laughs) the biggest thing for me is that Luka Doncic, he's playing like it's reminiscent of LeBron going against the Raptors, the LeBronto years. I mean, this guy is taking, you know, one-footed three-pointers <laughs> yeah. to end quarters. This guy, I mean, 
everybody they switch on to Luca, he's dominating. I mean, whether it's Patrick Beverly, whether it's Zubox, whether it's Paul George, they've had Kawhi Leonard on the post. Um, he put Kawhi Leonard in the post, and then he took he took a Kobe step back fadeaway. So it's just for me, I think the biggest issue for the Clippers is that it's one thing for Doncic to get his, but they can't stop anybody else. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is shooting 64% from three in this series. Everybody else is just making every three, and it's just like they can't figure out whether they should switch or the right guy on Doncic, and the Mavs is just making everything. I mean, I, I still think the shooting is unsustainable, so it's just – but it's just they have to win four games out of the next five, and I, I, I'm I'm having trouble believing it's going to happen. I think the Clippers win Game Three, mm-hmm. so I think they are not out of this yet. Uh, I've listened to several Clippers podcasts over the last day. One because they're funny. And two, because I'm always interested in like what the reaction is going to be. And you do pick up on the fact of that shooting variance and it's been such an outlier. Now the question is, I have seen series where it's like, you could have got back in this. You just got a bad B or bad outlier shooting or whatever, but you have to have the, like, this is where the narrative stuff really does come into play. You have to be mentally tough enough to be like, to put it out of your mind and be like, no, we get, we're going to win this game. Like mm-hmm. no matter what, we're going to win this game. And you have to be a little bit desperate and you don't see that from the Clippers. That's the concern It's like, they don't, they're so determined not to look like they're panicking that it's like toy story. This is the perfect time to panic. Like this is the time when you have to panic. This is the time when you've got to play desperate. This is the time when you got to be like, no more excuses. We got to get this done. Like we are better than this. And if you were just like, no, you know what? Never too high, never too low. You know, we can come back. It's no big deal. There's no concern here. You're going to lose because the Mavericks are coming for your throat. Um, they also, those, those podcasts made a very good point of the Clippers are too focused on trying to slow down Luca when you can't. Just stay home. Yeah. Like, honestly, here, you guys have heard me talk about this all season. All season, I've talked about how you can't play drop in the playoffs. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a disaster. I am telling you right now, they need to play drop. They had a lot of success last year in the playoffs versus mm-hmm. Luca playing drop with, with, with Zubac. Have Zubac come a little bit higher up, send Kawhi over the top of the screen. If he takes those mid-range contested shots, you're just going to have to live with them. Do not let Tim Hardaway Jr. hit six threes. Do not let Dorian Finney-Smith hit four threes. Do not let Jalen Brunson kill you on layups and threes. Shut everybody else down. That's the advantage of drop is it allows you to stay home. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. That's yeah. why you play it. That's why you played it 80% of the time this year, Clippers. For the love of God, quit. They tried switching Zubach onto him. What are you doing? First off, like Zubach has been played off the floor in this series, and Serge has got to play more. Like, I, I know Serge yeah. is not healthy. If they can't play him, then that's rough, but he, like, you can't go small. Morris is not it. The honestly, you need to banish Morris to another dimension because every time Luca sees him, it's that siren sound from Kill Bill. He just, his eyes go red and he's murdering him. So play Surge or play Zubach, play drop coverage, send Kawhi over the top. That's how you get back in the series. Like you cannot win a shootout with this Mavericks team. You are not going to do it. You are not good enough offensively. I know that's upsetting given how many, how well great you were at three point shooting this year. You are not good enough. So mm-hmm. I still think they win game three, 
I could be wrong on that. I'm probably going to bet the money line, but as somebody that took, that was on this podcast saying the Mavericks were live, I took Mm -hmm. them plus four. I took them plus two and a half and I took them at plus one and a half at, at one book as well. I was like, I think they can get it to seven. And like, I undersold it, Brandon. I should have gone harder on it. I should have just called the Mavericks to win the thing. I didn't go far enough. No half measures. No half measures. I mean, here, here's the thing. I do think that the Clippers can win shootouts with the Mavericks, just not when the Mavericks are – I mean, the numbers that this team is putting up right now are absurd. The Clippers' offense has been really, really good. Kawhi had a monster game too. Like the Clippers are, are doing everything they need to on offense. Listen to some of these numbers from Dallas. Just, just marvel in them. Here are the true shooting percentages for some of the non-Luka Doncic players. For through two games, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Maxi Kleber are both over 80% true shooting. <laughs> Richardson, 76%. Finney Smith, 70%. Jalen Brunson, a paltry 67% true shooting. Maxi Kleber has played 70 minutes in the series with an offensive rating in 70 minutes of 185 points <laughs> per 100 possessions. It's absurd. They're shooting 50% on threes, 35 out of 70. Their team rating through two games is 131.6 offensive rating. None of that is sustainable. Yeah. It can't possibly be sustainable. It has to come back to earth. Here's the problem. Everyone's talking about the shooting variance thing. It absolutely is shooting variance to a degree. But Dallas is making better shots for themselves than the Clippers are. Yeah. And the shooting yeah. variance can't just disappear. Dallas is not just getting lucky. Dallas is putting themselves into positions to get their shooters into better spots than the Clippers taking harder shots. So that's the problem. The other problem is this. They're down 0-2. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. And yeah. the Clippers, here, here's the thing. So if, if you look, if you say, okay, I still think the Clippers are slightly the better team overall. If you, if you balance out the shooting lock, if you played 100 times, you played a neutral court, et cetera, if you think that, and I think that I think that still, I think that the Clippers maybe still could possibly be the slightly better team. Here's the problem. If you think the Clippers are a 60% favorite in each game going forward, they still have to win four to five. 60% odds, the chance of doing that four to five is only one third of the chance to win the series, 33% which is basically the odds that they're at right now, plus 200. So if you want to bet the Clippers to win the series right now, you have to think that they have a 60% chance of winning all five games, including three times on the road. And if that drops even a little bit, the odds plummet. If they're down to 55% likely, now the Clippers are 25% to win the series. If they're down to 52%, a slightly weighted coin flip in the Clippers' favor, now they're down to 20%. So I think the Clippers are live. I think they can win game three. I think they can win any game still. But they have to win four to five. Yeah. And even as the slightly better team, perhaps, even if they are, that's a problem. I have one more thing. I got, to a, question for you. I got a question. Go I got a question for you guys. So if you guys think the Clippers are live, what do you think about taking them to win the Western Conference or to take the take them to win the finals at this point? I mean, I think they're they're plus six fifty to win the Western Conference. They're sixteen hundred to win the NBA um, championship. Um, is there value on that at that, at this point? I think that's interesting. I'm more interested in, yeah, as usual with me, I'm more interested in the longer 
odds, the, the, the better value. However, everything's being factored in. And the, the, the serious price at 200 is being factored into the, the 650 and like the other number, like yeah. it's not enough. The value is not there. I think, I think that there, look, we had a lot of fun the other night. We had a Clipper funeral. It's not over. They can do this still. They, they, you know, if they go down 03, we'll have the funeral again. It's going to be great. Raheem will get you back on here and, and roast you again. But I, I think that the Clippers are still alive for anything. I'll say this. Uh, if they win two games, they win the Western Conference. That's what I'll tell you. If, wow. they win two, if they win two games versus the Mavericks, they win the Western Conference. I will bet the I will bet the Clippers to win the Western Conference if they win two games, whether it's four and five or or um, whether it's four three and four three and six or three and five or four and five. Uh, they win two games. So if if you think that, then you should be betting that now because you should either be betting like you you could find a way to hedge that the other way and either do like an under five and a half or Mavs and five. Yeah, but this isn't going to be a sweep, mm. is it? I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that would just be ugly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, one last thing on this, and then we got to move on. Um, you mentioned like, well, Kawhi was great. I got, I just want to set this real straight. Kawhi at 32 a half. Okay. Great. Phenomenal. Good, good for him. So if I told you that Kawhi at 32 a half in a playoff game, how many would you think that he ended up with? Brain? 50. How much would you think he ended up with, Brandon? Yeah. I mean, hopefully at least like 45. Uh, I would think that he had at least 50. He's going to play all these minutes. It's it, his team. Yeah, he ended up with 42. 10 points, second half. Here's a golf clap for you. Good job putting up those numbers in the first half. Oh, okay. good job. Are, you are had you four, four, the same? four whole you... points in the fourth quarter when they needed you. Oh, good job, Kawhi. Are, are, are you coming up with the same argument for Damian Lillard, though? Like, look, you don't score 32 in both halves. Like, it, it evened out. 12, no, but, no, 12 and... no, but here's the, here's the thing, though. They need him in these fourth quarters. They need him in these fourth quarters. Sure. They need him. Like, he has got to do more. I'm sorry. Guess what? This is why you get to take the helicopter from San Diego. This is why yeah. you get to determine whether you practice or not. This is why you get to determine whether you play or not, because they are counting on you in these games. And if you want to say, like, you're really expecting him to do more than 42, yes. Like, I'm sorry. Heavy is the crown. And if you're saying, I can't because of X, Y, or Z – Get the ball and create. You've been a much better passer. Lock down Luca, like everyone talks about you with their defense. I know that there's screens involved. Get over the screens. Like you're you're Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Do the thing. The, the problem the problem is not that Kawhi didn't score enough. If Kawhi had not put up 30 in the first half, it's that a blowout. I understand. Brandon, I, Brandon, I mm-hmm. understand. The but my is thing the is, but Brandon, my thing is, it's still that's not enough. And if, if it's not enough, then that's partly on the decisions that, the, that they made in personnel based off of your recommendations. Like, Fair. there's no way you get – if you understand how the Clippers operate, there's no way you get out of this thinking that Kawhi Leonard is off the hook because he scored 32 and a half. Good job. Sure. Yeah. Because we, we, we make all the same arguments and accusations at LeBron because we know how LeBron has a huge hand in building the roster yep. and shaping what it is. So you're right. We have to do the same thing for Kawhi. The Denver Nuggets at the Portland Trailblazers. All right, let's go to Nuggets Blazers. 10th series, going to be a tough series, going to be an ugly series. I thought there was going to be a fight in game two. Like, I was 
pretty sure that if the officials had not gone bonkers in the third quarter to slow it down and make everyone just hate them instead, like I honestly applaud the officials for that disgusting amount of calls because if they had not done that, there was going to be a fight. Like there was, it is bad between these two teams right now. Uh, Moda Center is going to have fans. I love the Blazers in game three. I like the Nuggets in game four. I like the Nuggets in game five. I feel like the Blazers to win the series. I feel like I have a very good handle on this series. Um, I, I would be very surprised if the Nuggets won game three. I would be very surprised if they lose game four. Uh, the matchups and all this stuff are, are leaning a little bit toward – this is how it, where we are right now in the series. The matchups go towards Denver. The firepower, the raw offense, the raw skill level goes towards the Blazers. Denver has more things that they can do to counter Portland. Portland has more talent because of the injuries to Denver. Will Barton, I will tell you, I expect him to play game four. I can be wrong on that, but based off of what I've heard, I expect him to play game four. I think the Nuggets get waxed in game three. I am on the Blazers minus four and on the money line in a parlay. But I think that in game four, Denver responds and gets the win, much like they did two years ago. This is going to be, I feel pretty confident this is going to be 2-2 going back to Denver, Brandon. That's interesting that you are feeling very confident in this series because I think to me, this, this is the series I think I feel the least confident in right now. I picked Blazers in six before the series. That still would be my, my pick for the outcome. But I just I, I feel things getting tight here. Mm-hmm. I feel the games getting tight. I like it's just it's just who's gonna make the shots? Who showed up that night? Did CJ hit the shots? Did Michael Porter hit the shots? Which bench team showed up? You know, game one we saw Simons and Mello each drop four threes. Um, like it, it's it's gonna come down to so so many little things. Dame and Jokic are both playing so well. Like they can't play any better. They're they're awesome. They're doing everything that we need them to. Who else is gonna show? And who else is gonna show is gonna depend on who's playing at home, where the role players play a lot better. It's gonna depend on who hit the shots. Because boy, are there shots on both of these. These teams are giving you shots. And I, I do think I, I wanna watch Yusuf Nurkic's minutes. He has played only 58 minutes versus 82 for Lillard. It's never going to be the same because it's Nurkic, but Nurkic is really good and a lot better than Ennis Cantor. And if they can get him a few more minutes, a little less foul trouble, I think that could be a slight swing. And I think too, <laughs> the, the, definitely there's bad blood. Like I, I, somebody's getting kicked out of game three. So somebody is going to like throw a clothesline yeah. or a hip check or something yeah. like Somebody's name is Austin Rivers. Probably he's gonna he's gonna like he's not gonna be the first one though. He's gonna come running in and look like a tough guy and make sure that he like gets himself thrown in there too. But yeah, I, I I'm very curious. Like we we saw the Aaron Gordon matchup in in game two, yeah. and it worked really well for a half. But as you say, Matt, you gotta keep switching up the coverages. And yeah. I think that the Portland's gonna have an answer for that now. And maybe the answer is playing Lillard off ball a little bit. They've talked about that and. Part of why I like the Blazers in this series and as a playoff sleeper is because now they have CJ and Norm, two guys that can actually like dribble and create and do some things. And if you try to trap Lillard, I don't know that Denver is going to be a great trapping team, but they they can go four on three, get Norm, get CJ. Like I, I don't mind that getting one of those guys downhill, creating something there. 
So I still like the Blazers. I do, though, a, a piece going up on Action Network today is like a roundtable on just checking in on these series overall. And one of the questions was, which series underdog is, is live or what, which would you still bet? And I would not really bet the series underdogs right now, much to everyone's surprise, because apparently I only take favorites somehow in the playoffs after taking never favorites the whole rest of the year. The one that I did, though, is I think if the Nuggets do win the series, and I think that they're live, I think that Nuggets would win in seven with the game seven advantage, with the home court, with their 3-1 comebacks, and knowing that they've got there before. I don't love picking the Nuggets to win the series at their current price. Nuggets in seven at BetMGM is plus 375. That one is where Denver goes up 3-2 by winning that game five. Portland goes home to win game six. We go to game seven where home teams dominate. 375 is is interesting to me. I already have Blazers at plus 410 to win in six, and that gives me a couple of pretty good outs there. So I'm thinking about that one. So uh, a couple of things. One, the Nuggets are the second best team at trapping in the NBA. They are absolutely awesome at it. Um, the problem for moving Dame off ball is that puts CJ and Norm in those coverages, and that's bad for them. They don't pass well. Out of, like nobody on this team does well out of traps. They this is they're all small, they are all little people, and so uh, they can be able to counter that. The Nuggets off ball are going to switch everything. So what Dame's going to do is Dame they're going to run sets where Dame off ball. If it's Norman Powell, if uh, MPJ is guarding Norman Powell or Robert Covington, they'll use an off ball screen and try and switch that. That works if your primary defender is not a good communicator. Aaron Gordon is. Gordon will call out to MPJ and be like, no switch, no switch. And he will go ahead and stick with him. And they'll just bust through that screen because Gordon's huge. Um, there will probably be counters. Like there are counters. One of the easiest ways to counter Dame on ball, uh, for Dame on ball with Gordon guarding him, is to just drive and attack and that gets Gordon into foul trouble, and you bring help over, that becomes a problem. If, if Gordon doesn't foul and you bring help over, Dame has to make a full-speed whip pass over his shoulder. He is not good at that. Dame's a good passer when he is in pick and roll, can come off the pick, read the floor, make a decision, and then deliver. He's good at that. The Westbrook passes, that's not his bag. He doesn't operate at full speed that well because it takes him more to get that full speed. So there's all these tactical stuff that you can kind of factor in there. Um, you mentioned Nurkic. Nurkic can't stay out of foul trouble for the series. Uh, I do think he's going to have a massive game three. If you're looking at props, I like Nurkic's points, rebounds, and assists in game three. He's going to have a pretty big game, I think. Um, so that's where I'm at. Raheem, what do you think about the series? Um, I'm a little concerned for Portland, honestly. Um, I mean, when I look at this Nuggets team, I mean, they're shooting like 80% at the rim. And to me, it just feels like we talk a lot about the Blazers, um, you know, their advantage at, at the guards. But, I mean, Portland's – I mean, Denver's advantage in the front court is just so much it, – it might be greater than their advantage at guard. And I think we're basically comparing a team who's getting shots at the rim versus a team who's dependent on three-point shooting. And if this is a long series, I trust the team getting shots to the rim. Um, so, for me – if series from from a value standpoint 
I think Denver can pull it off. I think they're really live. And I, yeah. I, I think especially if Barton comes back, it gives them another guard. Maybe this is just payback for, you know, the the, the last series in which yeah. the, the um the Blazers won in seven. I, I just I think Jokic is the best player on the floor. I think when you're dependent on 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 three small guards and a long series, that's concerning for me. So I'm gonna be looking to take Denver at some point. I'm just gonna watch tonight. Um, I may watch in um, game four, but I mean, if this game goes, if this series goes the distance, I'm, I'm going to be playing Denver. I got to tell you, just straight up, the biggest takeaway for me in this series is that even if Portland advances, this team is not serious. Welcome to the Terry Stotts experience. Like yeah. they're struggling so much with the team that's missing three of their top five guards. They're down to Faku Campazzo, Monte Morris, Austin Rivers, and they had to play Marcus Howard and then Shaq Harrison. Like, uh, and they still are struggling with them, and their defense yeah. is just a joke. Like it's just, and a not joke. only are they, they struggling, I mean, they're shooting forty eight percent from three, yeah. in both games, and yeah. like they're still in dog fights. Like the Nuggets were up double digits in game one, yeah. So, so it's just, yeah. I, I just, I can't trust this Denver, um, this Portland defense, and mm-hmm. you got these three small guards. I, I just, I think Denver is really live. We want yeah. Portland to get past, and then we assume the Lakers. And then we bet Lakers in five, right? They lose the first one yeah. like last year, and then they win. Yeah. Sweep. Yeah. We bet, as we, we as our that. podcast Blazers defender, uh, apparently the only one that they have, I I stupidly tried to talk myself into <laughs> Blazers uh, plus seven hundred to lose in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that I'm, I've given up on that. It's <laughs> it's not happening. That Le- LeBron getting to face this defense can you like you could put a blindfold on him and he would still like pick apart the defense with passes all over the place like even whatever percentage of lebron that we have here so yeah i I mean this the path the path has cleared if the chris paul injury is real and whichever version of either of these teams we're getting like it it is a good looking path for the lakers this is action network podcast producer matt mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts, plus they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right, we'll speed through these uh, last couple of series. The Milwaukee Bucks at the Miami Heat. Uh, I don't think the Heat are, are dead yet. 
I'll say that. Uh, I have the Heat. Raheem and I are on opposite sides. No surprise because once the Bucks went up 2-0, I knew that, that Raheem was going to be like confirm was going to be just swimming in confirmation bias from his Heat <laughs> hate all year. Uh, I like the Heat in Game Three. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, I think the Bucks are going to win the series. Um, so look, this is a betting podcast, right? And like you have to factor in probabilities and stuff like that. And while I do think there's value on it, I'm not advising this as like a bet. I will tell you right now, uh, here's a hot take. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are winning the NBA title. I think they're winning the NBA title. I'm not mad at that. This is like their response in game two was was impressive. Like to come off of that overtime game. And like I, I said that I like the Bucks in game two. I bet the Bucks in game two. But to do it in such a dominant fashion to absolutely just wipe that team off the map. Now, the problem I have is like, I think you know, honestly, like sometimes you can do too much, right? Like the, 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 he got so embarrassed that they have to be like, we can play better than that. Like, that's not us. Right. You want them doubting themselves. The teams doubt themselves in tough games, not blowouts. Nobody thinks that the blowout version of themselves is who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if the bucks go in there and smack them in game three, then yeah, I'm just going to be flabbergasted, but, uh, I like the Heat in Game Three. I like the Bucks in Game Four. I like the Bucks in Game Five. I think this one's going to be done in five, but I do think that Bam Adebayo can shoot better from mid range, which will get his confidence back. I think Butler's probably going to have a game, like he always has a game. He likes to ch- to change the narrative whenever it starts to set. Um, the Heat don't have the shooting they did last year, and that's been a big difference. Like going from Jay Crowder to Trevor Ariza has been an absolutely massive difference in this series. And going from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday has been equally the same. Like that's been the difference in this series. Um, putting Giannis on Jimmy has been a great adjustment. The question here I, I do have on, on for you guys though is if Spo makes adjustments in game three, do you trust Bud to make counter adjustments? He's already made adjustments by putting Giannis on him, on Jimmy, and playing playing Giannis more minutes. Uh, they're switching, but can he make counter adjustments? Is my question, Brandon. Do I trust Bud? Fill in the blank. No, <laughs> I do not trust Bud. I do trust that the Bucks are better enough than the Heat. That 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 the talent gap and the difference, like. I don't know what the adjustments are. That's why Spolstra is getting paid the big bucks and I'm sitting here recording a podcast instead. He's going to come up with something, but I I don't fear the something to like completely turn the series. And I don't fear enough the definite coaching mismatch that that Bud's not going to have a response. Like Dwayne Dedman led the heat in scoring in game two. Yeah, that was right. Jimmy (laughs) Butler has 27, 12, and 12 for the series on a 35% true shooting. Like, it's going to get better. But my my takeaway from game two is this. The Bucs made a ton of threes, obviously. They're plus 42 on threes in this game. And you saw what happened. It was a blowout. The Heat were plus 45 in game one Mm -hmm. and lost. That's why we were so afraid about the Heat. That's why we were so sure that this was big trouble. Plus 42... That's what's supposed to happen game two, where it's like you you go and do the dishes in the second half because the game is over. And the fact that the Heat got that in game one, better than that, and still lost. Yeah, I, I think they maybe can take a game or two. They're a very prideful team. They're going to show up, yeah. but the series is over. 
Raheem, do yeah, you want to take the do you victory lap now, or do you want to wait until after the Bucks win? No, I'm, ta- I'm taking I'm taking the victory lap now. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that. I think game one was really, really impressive. I mean, the Bucks were five of 31 from three. The Heat were 20 of 50 from three. Like, if you can't win a game under those circumstances, I, I think it says it all. And I, I think that was the most impressive performance I've seen from the Bucks in the last three years. Like, I mean, they showed that they can win a game ugly. So, you know, them coming back and winning the game too – it was a great performance, but I think game one, it really said that this team is mentally tough. You know, they can take your best shot and they can win when their offense isn't there. So I, I think this series is over. I, I just think this, the discrepancy between these two teams is just too wide. You know, they don't have Jay Crowder this year. Trevor Ariza is not the guy. Everybody says regress. And I mean, this three-headed monster with Giannis, um, Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker guarding Jimmy Butler, they have him in jail right now. I mean, he might as well just be sitting at home listening to Akon locked up because, <laughs> I mean, he's struggling. I mean, and him and Bam Adebayo, I mean, they're 17 of 58 from uh, f- from the field this 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 series. So I think the Bucks win tonight. Actually, I think they sweep them. I'm going to be honest with you, just because I think they felt so much pain from the last couple of years. And I think some of that matters. I mean, we've we've seen Jordan have to go through the Pistons. We've seen um, the Raptors struggle with LeBron. And I think when you get there and you know it's your time, it's your time. And I think it's the Bucks' time right now. My, my, my only hesitation here, my question to you, Matt, is this. And this is going to be hypothetical. I don't want to put you on the spot to have to answer to it. But your, your fear is well-placed of, okay – I look on the sidelines and there's Eric Spolstra and he's going to do some stuff. And I have to put my trust in the team to respond to that. I think we're agreeing that in this series, there's not enough there to swing things, but we have to see that happen three more series against three more talented teams for the Bucs to win the championship. And I wonder if the Bucs are the champions and we like Bud is an awesome, great regular season coach. We agree on that. But he's got to do a lot. He's, he's got to make adjustments. He's got to make plans for them to win the championship. And who, if you're looking at a coach that you believe in and are confident in, who is the last one before Bud winning this year that you would have less confidence in? And Steve. I have to go back a while before I find that answer. Steve Nash? Yeah, but what? Well, so, First year uh, head coach? Right. In but, a consultant role? But who, look, who look, look, the, Brandon, think of the think championship of the, winning coach. Think of the path. Think of the path that he's going to get. I think you're not looking at the path that they have, the teams that they actually have to play. I think yeah. you're. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about Doc out coaching him. I'm not worried about, uh, I'm not worried about Nash out coaching him. I'm not worried about Vogel. Like Vogel, I think is, is a better coach than Bud, but I'm not necessarily worried about it because Vogel has his hands tied by a lot of things. Um, let's say the Mavericks make the finals. Okay. Cause I may have put a flyer down on them to win the West. Uh, that's a mismatch with Rick Carlisle for sure. Like that's the nightmare, but this is not a here. Here's think of who the bucks have lost to the last two years, Brandon, Eric Spolstra and Nick nurse, 
two of the top five best coaches in the NBA. They do not face another top five coach in the NBA the rest of the way, unless the Mavericks make the finals or the Nuggets make the finals. And I don't think either of those teams are making the finals. There's a hot take. So Michael Malone, Michael, not Mike, top five NBA coach. I think so. They've improved. They've improved every single year and he hasn't been out coached in the playoff series yet. What's the argument against him? I mean, he had the he had the Sacramento Kings playing the best basketball I've seen in the bookie era before they like stupidly fired him. Yeah, I mean, look, the list for me is like Nurse, Spo, Carlisle, Kerr. It's got to be vocal. I you like Frank. Vocal. I like Frank. I like Frank a lot. I think he's done an amazing job with this. I'd have him top ten. I'd have him top eight. I'd have him maybe top six. But I don't know that you could say Frank Vogel is better than Michael Malone. Michael Malone literally like developed Jokic, developed Murray, developed MPJ, developed Morris, no major, major free agent acquisitions, built a team around Nikola Jokic, has built a decent defensive team around Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. One, two series down three, one has won three game sevens upset the Clippers Team has improved in record every single season. What's the argument? I mean, Vogel developed Paul George. He he took those Miami Heat big three to seven games. He's yeah. had LeBron playing the best defense he's played in like 10 years. Yeah, he's a great coach. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Vogel's a great coach. And I think Vogel yeah. might have the edge on, on – like I think Vogel's got the edge on Bud. But like all yeah. I'm saying is – let's get back to the original point. There is yeah. not a path here that's like, that's like a murderer's row of coaches. Like this is yeah. it. You know, like th- this is it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I want to go through these last three real, real quickly. The Brooklyn Nets at the Boston Celtics. The Philadelphia 76ers at the Washington Wizards. The Memphis Grizzlies at the Utah Jazz. Raheem, do you have any like big, do you have any hot takes, big takeaways, anything where you think there's real value on any of those series? I think there's going to be value on playing the Grizzlies game the game like they showed me something last night yeah like I mean they got into foul trouble early with Valanciunas and Dylan Brooks they can hang with this jazz team and Donovan Mitchell you know he looked great for parts of the game but I mean there were times where he had to come out I think they're live and I think they're gonna this this series is going six they're gonna they're gonna win another game Brandon you go while I look up some numbers for Raheem's take yeah, so I don't really have much of a take on the Nets and Sixers series. I don't even really need to watch the rest of those series. To me, the, what's interesting, Donovan Mitchell looks good. He looks healthy. Thank God for that extra day of rest they got him because, man, he, he, he got a good night of sleep. He ate his Wheaties for breakfast, and that extra day of rest has set them up for the playoffs. The Grizzlies are playing so well right now. Morant and Brooks had 70 and 57 in their two games. Memphis had 38 free throws yesterday. The Grizzlies shot 61% on two points, two pointers against the Jazz, against Gobert. Like the floater thing is real. It's definitely working for them. The problem is Memphis can't play any better. And the Jazz still like won relatively comfortably yesterday. Every time the Grizzlies kept pushing back, the Jazz kept pulling away. I think the Jazz are really good. We've seen this all year. The Jazz are really good. And my take on this series and on any of these series is this. We look at the West, 
and we agree. The Blazers aren't good. They don't have defense. The Nuggets can't do it. They don't have Jamal Murray. The Suns are hurt. LeBron and the Lakers aren't what they're supposed to be. The Clippers are down 0-2. The Mavericks are a one-man team with a zillion shooters. Is it possible, even as flawed as we think that the Jazz may be, that the Jazz are just going to be the best team by default in the Western Conference to come out? And I like I looked at their odds, and here's the problem. Their odds have gone down because the Clippers are losing, and the Clippers were the big problem that they're going to have to face. So I think the move is this. I think Jazz, to get to the finals or possibly win it, I think that they'll lose to whichever Eastern team that they would face. I think making the finals is an interesting bet, but not yet, because we all agree the Clippers are not done yet. So let the Clippers win a game or two and pull those odds back a little bit and make the Jazz look a little better. The Jazz odds aren't going to change when they go up 2-1 to one or 3-1. to one. Everyone thinks the Jazz are winning the series. That's not the problem. Let the Clippers draw back in a little bit, and then those Jazz odds are going to go up, and I think Utah can make the finals. Nets Jazz is plus 550 at BetMGM for the finals matchup. It's not bad, but it's not as good as the plus 1,200 I took before the playoffs What's, what's Bucks Jazz? I mean, you, you Bucks like the Bucks J- to win the championship. Bucks Jazz is plus 1,200, 12 to 1. Um, for the series, Raheem, I think there's there's some value there. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, if you like uh, the Grizzlies to win at least two, you got plus two and a half at minus 225. It's a little steep. Uh, over five and a half games, though, in the series is only minus 200. That's not bad. That's strange. Um, jazz four, two is plus two thirty. Uh, jazz four, three is plus three twenty five. Jazz four, two at plus two thirty and Grizzlies and seven at plus twelve hundred piques my interest a little bit here. Like, I think, I think that I'm with you guys that the, that the Grizzlies are live. I will. I think that Quinn Snyder has had a rough go of it in terms of who he's faced in the playoffs. Like they faced the Warriors a lot. And then mm-hmm. last year they were up three, one uh, and the Nuggets just stormed back and he got out of coach in that series. I'll say that, but mm-hmm. I think Quinn Snyder is still a really great coach and I think he can be better in playoff series than some. So I wonder if he can find more, more adjustments as the series goes on than Taylor Jenkins can, because the rosters are so different and they are more experienced and better and hit all the threes and all those things. Uh, I like Memphis in game three quite a bit. Uh, much like I've said, like this is the same pattern, right? It's like, I like Memphis in game three. I like Utah in game four. The thing is I don't trust Utah in game five. I don't know who wins that. Um last night was pretty predictable that Utah would win. Uh, I took Grizzlies on the spread because I was like, I thought that was a lot. And when you watch that game, you're like, nine was a lot of points. Like they were kind of lucky to cover that spread. They felt like the game where the Grizzlies covered, but um, I am probably going to say that if you're going to go in on the Grizzlies in this series, you might as well take the money line. Like, Mm. I don't know if you should take the spread because either they're losing by 15 or they're winning outright. Well, that's That's the thing to me is, so we're going to Memphis for two games yeah. and I think, I don't know what order, but I think one of those games, the jazz are just going to win. They're just going to win relatively comfortably kind of like they did yesterday. Yeah. So one more relatively easy win. And then there's going to be a coin flip game that comes down to the wire. And it's going to be like the Grizzlies. I, I don't think we think the Grizzlies are going to just like beat the jazz comfortably in any of the games in nope. this series. 
So we're going to go to Memphis for two games. The Jazz are going to win one comfortably, two to one in the series. And then the other one's a coin flip. And if the Jazz win that coin flip, now it's 3-1 back to Utah. And I think that's curtains. That's probably like Memphis is going to show up still. But yeah. I, to me, if I had to pick a, pick a series or pick an outcome, Jazz and five is the outcome. Because okay. I really only need to win that one coin flip game in Memphis, and then it's three one, and it's lights out on the series. You can get under five and a half at plus one sixty five. What about Utah and five? Uh, Utah and five is plus one seventy, so you get five nice. extra points on that. Great. Well, I'm happy to happy to give up my Memphis and five five points on that one. Okay. All right. Um, my only thing on this is I don't. I'm staying away from Sixers Wizards the rest of the way. I think the Wizards, I took the Wizards to cover that game and I, I miscalculated it. Like I, what I didn't factor was the first game was the game where the Wizards should have won and they didn't. And so the second game is the one where the Sixers destroy them. I, I don't mind Wizards in game three. I think it's possible they can put like this, these two teams are not light years apart. They're just not like this. This is not the same as net Celtics the Sixers and Wizards are playing actual basketball games. Like it's a, it's the Sixers are definitively better and are, and are probably going to sweep. I, I don't know that there's a, like, I don't feel awesome taking the Sixers every single game. I just don't think that they're that much better, especially with how Tobias Harris has played in the first two games. And I think Tobias Harris rules, but I just don't know that there's a lot of value there. Um, Net Celtics. I just, I think the only thing you can do is take a sweep. I think that's the only thing you can do is, is bet the sweep. That's the only yeah. thing I can, do. I, I can do. I don't really want to bet the games or the series in those because I think that all four teams involved know where this is headed. And maybe the underdog team tries to win a game or maybe they one, two, three Cancun and just wrap this up. Yeah. I don't know about, I don't want to bet props because any, any of the games could easily turn into a blowout and suddenly your minutes get screwed up and then my props get screwed up. So if I am playing a prop, I'm taking an under for, from just that basis of possibly going under to me, mm-hmm. the only takeaway that I would have from the series is I don't think this is good for the Nets. Like, I guess it's good to just get a series over with. It's always good to move on to the next series. But, like, this is doing very little to prepare them for the real opponent that, like, I agree with you, Matt. Like, I think Milwaukee is very good. I think nets Bucks is the NBA Finals. And it's starting about a week from now. And our Nets, our next trio is going to come into that game having played 12 times together like half of which aren't really real basketball games. Like this is doing nothing to, I said before the series, this was the one I got the, the most wrong. I had a series going over five and a half, possibly to seven. I thought Boston could win a few games. And this would be like the series that would, would prove their, their medal, you know, and would make Brooklyn show up and Boston, I'm not ready for the fight. Like that, this is not pushing them at all. And I'm a little concerned that the next series is going to start and Milwaukee is here for the fight. Miami is pushing them. Miami's going to show up and, and Milwaukee's having to prove this. Like, I, I don't know what we're supposed to take away from the Nets. Nothing like Downray Jordan's out of the rotation. So good, I guess. Like, at least we got that out of the way with, like we start to see what the rotation might shape up. The Nets are trying on defense. If there is defense in this AAU series, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I I'm worried. I'm I'm looking at game one for the Bucks in the next series yep. because I don't think yeah. Brooklyn's going to be ready for it. Yeah. I think we're, we're yeah. all going to be on. We're all going to yeah, be we're definitely going to be on. And well, that's what's going to be, that's going to be a great test, right? Is like, if the, if the nets just go out and stomp them in game one, 
then I'm probably going to overreact. I'm just going to start hammering Nets title features. And every game forward, because like that's that's the elephant in the room with all the other stuff. What's going to happen? Who's going to win the West? How are the Lakers? How are the Clippers? Everyone has one eye out on like, uh, yeah, the Nets might just steamroll everyone. We don't know. And the Bucks are the test for that. But yeah, if they come out in game one and just plow them and just look like the Harlem Globetrotters, like they have been this series, if they do that against the Bucks, a real team with real players and everyone going, then we might just be headed toward that. Okay, so to wrap up, the Lakers are going to win because the Lakers always win, but the Bucks are going to win because they're an unstoppable force. But the Nets are going to win if they win game one of the next series, assuming that they that the the bucks actually survive all right glad we got that wrapped up that's going to wrap it up for the action network podcast thanks for joining us everyone you can follow raheem and brandon both on twitter and on the action network app where you can track them including brandon's red hot super red hot super hot props which continue to absolutely kill it raheem you've been doing awesome too right in the playoffs um, I have, but you know what? I kind of start putting more of my stuff into the app. Like I, like I've had so much stuff that I just haven't put in an app that yeah. I need to put more of it. But, um, yeah, we've been doing pretty well. We had big bet on the Suns the other day. So uh, I was 11 and four going into yesterday and the three that I had in the app went, oh, and three. And the one that I did, I actually, that I had the most money on, which was next. I forgot to put in the app. On the- that, that's my biggest problem too. So yeah, make sure mind. if you, if everybody's listening, make sure you get the app and put every single bet that you have into the app. <laughs> and and uh, Raheem, I want to see you get that Ferrari because when the heat gets swept out, we're going to have to bring Justin Fan on here. And I want you to do your victory lap in the Ferrari while Justin <laughs> Fan watches. <laughs> All right. That's, that's going to wrap it up for the Action Network podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back next week with another up- update on the series and a look at the second round series because some of them should be wrapped up by then. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you guys again next time on the Action Network podcast, NBA edition. We're finished talking. <laughs>